Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked on Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. And today we have a very special Locked on Bama, abbreviated Locked on Bama, because Jimmy and I are busy human beings, or at least we want you to think we are. <laughs> I wish we were aligned. Man, it's a, it's a mad house around the law practice today. Uh, it is bananas uh, around your law practice and around here Oberson and Robertson Ironworks. Um, but Jimmy, uh, you know, let's just throw a couple of quick hitters out there. First of all, the Dylan Moses saga continues. We kind of covered it yesterday. There's really been nothing new. Um, although it just, I mean, I think you covered that pretty well. Um, Tua Tungo Valoa still announces on Monday. I still think he's coming back. Uh, meanwhile, speaking of NFL draft stuff, um, Noah Igbig Nogany is leaving Auburn to enter the NFL draft, which I think is pretty huge news. Um, it's always good when one of our rivals loses somebody to the draft and we get to keep somebody like Alex Leatherwood. Yeah, I mean, uh, that is, it's a, it's, you know what it is? It's almost a bigger loss for Auburn than a gain for the NFL. I don't see uh, Noah being a fantastic NFL player, though I often underestimate those Auburn dudes. I know this, he'll test well. I mean, when he goes to Indianapolis, that dude's going to fly in the 40. He's also not small. So I can see him being a second-round pick, third-round pick. I can see him in there. I'll just be surprised skills-wise if he proves to be a great player in the NFL. But, yeah, that's a big blow for Auburn. I think now they've lost most of that secondary. So they're going to have a, a bit of a rebuilding job over there on the defensive side of the ball. I don't think there's any doubt. Um how about the uh, under all American game? Did you catch any of that? I didn't think anybody, uh, nobody really jumped off the page at me. I mean, did did anybody make you? I guess Julian Fleming. He had a pretty big game. He's a, he's a dude. Um, but did anybody make you go, "Wow, that's that guy's incredible"? No, no, not really. Uh, you know, the, the All Star game is sort of a. a, a it's sort of different. Here's the best way the best way to, to put those all-star games in perspective. Uh, I, I can remember very well because I was so excited to see him. I remember being at practice and at the game uh, the season that David Palmer was in the Alabama-Mississippi High School all-star game. Okay, so we're talking about the most exciting player that's, you know, and it was only like the fourth one because I think the all-star games began in 88 following – the following the 87 season. So the first one was in the summer of 88. Um, so we're talking about Palmer's was in the summer of 92. Uh, so we're talking about the fourth or fifth one they ever had. And uh, David Palmer didn't do much. And, I mean, it's the Alabama Mississippi High School All-Star Game. I think there's, there's more effort even in those games than there are in the National All-Star Games because there's a little bit of state pride. You know, the, the kids are playing for a little bit of it anyway. Uh, but David Palmer didn't do much. So – in these high school all-star games, if, if there's a game where David Palmer didn't have much of an impact, I'm not going to hold it against anyone. <laughs> so yeah. I, I, I don't get disappointed in kids in all-star games, but I can watch them and get excited about them. Uh, it, you know, if they really stand out, uh, that's saying a lot because, you know, they're, peer, they're, you know, they're standing out on a team full of, of guys that are all going to be impact players at the next level. So, I didn't. I, I didn't watch a ton of it. I didn't watch it from beginning to end. I mostly watched Tennessee last night, uh, so I, I didn't see a ton of it. But but when I did watch, and I watched several 
chunks of action, and I've seen some highlight packages today. Uh, I didn't see anybody that was like, wow. And, and, and in terms of our kids that played in the game, they were all fine. Uh, one thing I will say, though, uh, backtracking on one kid, I, I've kind of not been a fan when we took Damian George, the offensive tackle from Houston. He didn't excite me based on his junior uh, on his junior tape. I watched his senior tape. I was even less excited about him. I was kind of scratching my head as to why we took him. But he's lost some weight. He's gotten better. He We, we talked just yesterday about how he had that, that great rep against Jordan Birch in the practices. Uh, I, I am now – I wouldn't say I've done a 180 to where I'm super excited about him, but I, I, I've, I've, I've definitely upped my grade, for lack of a better term, on Damian George. I'm now in the, well, he might be pretty good camp. Uh, and I did watch him, um, you know, this week uh, from from clips and 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 the games and everything else. So I, I, I'm I'm now sort of on board with him. I think the big story to me is Will Anderson this week. I, I think he is going to, in the final rankings, end up much higher than anyone assumed. And uh, hey, let me tell you, when you when you go to these All Star games and you, and you run up the charts, that's a great sign because you're standing out against great competition. So uh, I I was always excited about Will Anderson. Now I'm even more excited. Luke, he might be a guy that's going to be very difficult to keep off the field this fall, which which is a good thing. Oh, there's no doubt, and and he really has been tearing it up, and I hope. I get to see that game tomorrow. It's going to be iffy if I can catch it. I, I at the very least, I'll record it. But um, I'm really looking forward to that one. In fact, I would say this year, you know, some years it seems like the Under Armour game had more talent. I think this year the Army All American made a bit of a comeback, and they have, you know, they got Bryce Young and Will Anderson, and they got they got some pretty big names now. Under Armour had Julian Fleming, but it just seemed like. The Under Armour game also seems like they take it a little less seriously. They want you to think they take it more seriously. Um, the announcers kept stressing that. But it seems like the Under Under Armour game, it, 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 it had some guys that had some, you know, maybe some attitude issues. I mean, for instance, Zach Evans and Darnell Washington that have, you know, had much – uh, publicized issues with some coaches this year. Now, Zach Evans did get on there and make a public apology and yada, yada, yada. And if you want to buy it, go ahead. I mean, I, I guess you got to take him at his word, but um, I still think, you know, he's got a ways to go to mature just a little bit. Um, but yeah, so I didn't really learn a lot from that. Uh, Mississippi State lets Joe in over his head go. That's been my little nickname <laughs> for him. And I think he's He's been in over his head since day one, and it's funny because they he said, you're going to have to drag my Yankee house out of here. And then I think Saturday Down South did narrator. We dragged his Yankee ass out of there. <laughs> <laughs> they did. Uh, two, two, two things on that that jump out to me. I was going to post this or tweet it or something, but I'll just say it on the podcast and leave it alone. But two, two thoughts. Number one, I think it's patently absurd – to fire a coach at this level of football after two seasons. Patently absurd because coaches have their own system, their own way of doing things. They need several cycles of recruits coming in and recruits cycling out before it can really be their program. And before it's their program, how can you judge it? Uh, I, I think it's barring off the field scandal. It's patently absurd to fire anyone after two years. Now that said, if you ask me, okay, Jimmy, what's Mississippi State going to do in 2020? I would tell you um, they're going to finish 6-6 six and six at best, and they're going to fire Joe Moorhead. 
So, so, so based on that, I'm not, I'm not going to be super critical of this because uh, I think they were going to have to fire him after next season anyway. And what's the, uh, we've joked about this before, the uh, Chinese proverb, uh, what did I, well, I butchered it before, I'm going to butcher it again, but you know, what must be done tomorrow, you should do today, that sort of thing. Uh, I, I, they were going to have to fire him eventually. He was just a horrible fit there. Mississippi State was only going to get worse. So I'm not critical of this, but I'm also not flushing down the toilet my mantra of you just can't fire a guy after two years. It's just absurd. Uh, but in this case, I get it. I get it. Now, what well, what you butchered it. I think you said somebody like Sammy Davis Jr. said it, but it was Sun Tzu. And, yeah, and he right. said – I named another Chinese guy. I think the guy that was in the hangover. He said, uh, it, it was actually Sun Tzu who said, if it must be done eventually, it must be done immediately. And that's, that's exactly right. And that's where I was about to go with this. So I'm glad you sort of came full circle with it. Cause I was about to say, look, I agree with you. You got to give a guy at least three or I'd say four years probably, but you knew early on, he had three first round NFL picks and mm-hmm. his defense wasn't that great? I mean, it was fine. It, but it, it was good. Been out. It was good. They couldn't win any games, even though they had that great defense. They had a great defense, couldn't win any games. And he's. I mean, an they didn't win guy. enough games, considering how good the defense was. And he's an yeah, offensive he's an guy. Offensive. Yeah. So yeah, it, it's so, just a bad. And, and I will say well, one last thing about that. I, I just know from inside scoop and from just you don't even have to have inside scoop to know this. The finalists for that job in Starkville was Joe Moorhead and Jeremy Pruitt. They chose Joe Moorhead. It was the worst decision by a Power 5 program in terms of picking one finalist over another since Texas chose Charlie Strong over James Franklin. Um, How do you choose Joe Moorhead over Jeremy Pruitt to be the head coach in Starkville, Mississippi? And uh, I I do believe 100% Jeremy would have taken the job. 100% 100% he would have taken the job. So it's not like, well, Jeremy wasn't going to take the job. No, no, no. Jeremy Pruitt would be the head coach in Starfield today. And tell, how good would that Mississippi State team have been last year with Jeremy in charge of that defense? I mean, you know, uh, obviously their offense still would have been bad because of who, who they had over there. But, uh, I mean, I'm just Jeremy would have been an infinitely better hire because he's the better fit. He's from a small town in Alabama. He's a perfect fit. At Mississippi State has been recruiting this league expertly for years. Uh, gosh, that was just a dumb decision. So I think Mississippi State uh, kind of got what they deserve, frankly. Um, in fact, I, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Jeremy Pruitt is Mississippi State personified. I mean, if if Mississippi State were a person, it would be Jeremy Pruitt. So, yeah, they screwed that up. Fit is and every, you know fit is everything. And if Fordham were a, that would be Joe Moorhead. He needs to be at Fordham. He doesn't right. need and, and, to be. Or even let's just say, just give him a Power Five job up there in Maryland or something. I mean, I, I'm just he he might be really good at this. He just wasn't a fit here. I have no doubt that Joe Moorhead is a great offensive football coach. I have no doubt. But what he is not is a SEC head coach. No, that's true. Um, all right, Jimmy, I'm about to have to get out of here, but uh, really quickly, I want to get your. We're going to we're going to try and do a podcast on Sunday, um, and maybe put it out Sunday, and then have another one for Monday because this week's been so helter skelter. But um, 
Give me your NFL picks for this weekend real quick. That's good. You know, you told, told me before about, uh, about the Patriots uh, game being in the snow. I think bad weather is, is an equalizer for underdogs. I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, – I wouldn't be shocked to see the Patriots lose this weekend. I know, I know they're a much better team than the Titans, but bad weather is just such an equalizer. But that being said, uh, I, think the Patri- I, w- I think all the home teams win except the Seahawks-Eagles games. I tend to think the favorites are going to win this week. I mean, I think the the Patriots beat the Titans. I think the Texans beat the Bills in a close one at home. I think the Saints beat a really good Vikings team in New Orleans. And the late game Sunday afternoon, uh, I think the Eagles will lose at home to uh, to the Seahawks. So I got the Seahawks, Saints, Texans, and Patriots winning. What do you think? Uh, Yeah, I I like it. I've got to go with the with the Eagles just because my son, for no reason whatsoever, has been an Eagles fan for a long time now. I have no he has no rhyme or reason to be one, which doesn't make, which is kind of cool about the NFL. You can just sort of pick a team you want to be a fan of, and um, he he's he loves the Philadelphia Eagles, so I'll go with the Eagles. But the rest of them, I agree with it. In fact, that Bills game, if I were a Houston fan, I'd be scared to death. Although I will pick one other upset. I will say Tennessee beats the Patriots. Patriots have been playing like butt, and they just don't have a ton of weapons anymore. They don't have – and it, they just don't. And Derrick Henry is running like a man possessed. He, the NFL player of the month was Ryan Tannehill, and it should have been Derrick Henry. And so what that tells me is uh, the, the Titans have two – uh, pretty kick-ass players on that team right now playing very well. And I think the Titans get a big win at New England. Um, Tom Brady's heart doesn't appear to be in this anymore. There's talk that he's going to be leaving New England. So, yeah, I'm going to pick that big upset. Wow, that would be a shocking upset. But that is a great point about, man, they tried several different ways to solve uh, the lack of weapons outside and, and everything just sort of blew up in their face. Uh, but, uh you know, I don't know that the Titans have enough beyond Derek. Although Derek, Derek can carry a team the way he's he's played, and uh, congratulations to Eddie Jackson on uh, getting a new contract. He's now uh, rich enough to, uh, to buy himself a, uh, a Caribbean island. So uh, good for uh, good for Eddie. Yeah, but those islands don't work out for everybody, right, Jeffrey Epstein? Um, so all right, all right, everybody, roll tide, and we will have another one for you later on this weekend. Roll tide.